Greetings and welcome to Simmer and Gabby preseason special. Rob Simpson along with Bruce Boudreaux. And man, oh man, we are ready to go for the 2023-24 hockey season. Are we not, Gabby? Well, it's been a long time coming, it seems, but um, I'm looking forward to hockey again, that's for sure. Well, we're both both very busy individuals. So for our podcast, it's 26 minutes hardcore and we've got the stopwatch going 26 minutes now in honor of the number 26 for this week i'm going to bring up the name joey koser one of the bruise brothers in the late 80s for the detroit red wings once cracked a helmet with a punch good old time hockey in the late, uh, late 1980s joey koser ladies and gentlemen who do you got gabby well once you said 26 i the only guy i initially thought of was barry melrose who wore 26 when I was with the Leafs in the, um, back in the day. And you went through a few numbers, I understand. Yeah, I think, uh, I mean, unless I've uh, been told wrong that I held the record for most Leaf numbers uh, in a career, which is really rare considering it was really kind of short. Uh, I had five different numbers, so every time I got called up, uh, they gave my number to somebody else and I'd get uh, and when I get recalled back up, that guy had my number. So they'd give me something else. What uh, do you remember them all? I think, I mean, 11, 12, 17, 19 and 32. 32 was my last number because who the hell's going to wear 32? <laughs> so, I mean, uh, uh, that was the last time I got called up. 19 was the one I wore the longest. And I think, uh, um 17 was for very short period of time i think 17 might have been um the playoffs where i only got called up for the playoffs and then 11 and 12 were both uh, scattered in there somewhere if you had your choice of those five which one would you go with well 19 i wore 19 my whole career uh everywhere i played except uh for when i got called up with toronto so i mean that was uh uh that was my number all right uh, we're going to be talking about the Vancouver Canucks uh, on this uh, program here, and I'm still in the cabin in the woods preseason mode for the moment. But uh, the Canucks, of course, boy, changes being made. Obviously, you're very familiar with that, uh, Gabby, having gone through uh, what was a painful sort of situation last season. And here we are in uh, the start of a new season with Rick Tockett. What is your general impression of some of the changes that they made for example you know oel's gone luke shen's gone they bring in carson susie from seattle uh they bring in ian cole does this really just come down to thatcher demko healthy well i mean i think one thing is every team in the nhl goes through changes every year and uh, when you don't make the playoffs you probably go through uh, a few more than you would normally want to go through Example, Vegas, I don't think, went through maybe one change from their Stanley Cup team. Um, but when you don't make the playoffs, you make some. But, I mean, uh, the key is always going to be Thatcher Demko. I mean, as is the key is always going to be the goaltender for, for your team. If your goaltender is is better than average, um, for the most part, you win more more games than you lose. And, and I mean – the previous year, Thatcher was outstanding. Oh, 
we I think we were 17 games above 500 uh, in the time that I was there. So, I mean, uh, unfortunately, he had um, surgery in the summer, and I don't think he was quite ready for camp. And he got injured in game 13, and he was – I mean, you'll see a great Thatcher this year, but he was probably subpar, and he'll be the first one to tell you in his first – 12 games of the season last year. Well, there's a famous saying, of course, show me a great goalie and I'll show you a great coach, right? I mean, there is a certain element to that because you have Well, to there coach. is. I, I'm sure I'm sure that uh, every coach, the first thing he wants to do is make sure his goaltending is is above board because it's hard to uh, it's hard to recover from goaltending that is a little bit substandard. Um, I just wrote an article for Vancouver Hockey Insider that talks a little bit about last year and this year in this way. I'm going to read you a quote. You can talk to everyone over the next two weeks, and they all want to get out of the gate well, the head coach said. Mm -hmm. The great learning curve on that is that they didn't get off to a great start last year, and they saw what happened and how frustrated they were when they thought they were a playoff team at the end of the year but they weren't in the playoffs. Rick Tockett could have said those very things. That was you. And you followed that up with missing the playoffs would be a big disaster. You finished up 32, 15, and 10. Exactly what you said, 17 games over 500. Rick Tockett finished 20, 12, and 4, eight games over 500, but still that similar type of Oh my God, here we go. We got everything, you know, everything's going to work now. Uh -huh. you hear that and you look at it right now. If the same things go south early in the season, he's going to be in the same boat you're in. Um, he will be, but I mean, again, uh, he was handpicked hand uh, by both Jim and Patrick. So I don't think he's in quite the same boat. Yeah. And also you got kind of thrown under the bus after your goalie got injured and which they later apologized for but obviously that that didn't help things matters matters moving forward uh for you which was made it crappy <laughs> it made it crappy it's no fun to lose and i think the fans in vancouver uh, deserve deserve to win i mean they're as um loyal and uh at fan bases that you want to see especially like as as a Canadian fan base, and I've only been um, as a coach in Vancouver, they were outstanding. And I've always said, like, I mean, you know, it, it didn't matter to me. Like, I mean, uh, I was one of those guys that uh, uh, I, I loved. I loved the critiqueness of the fans because, I mean, I was always thinking positive. So I wanted to make sure that uh, if I can get this right, I mean, if if we did good, I wanted I wanted to be successful, and it was great. But if it was bad, I wasn't running away from that. I was embracing the challenges that we had. But uh, obviously, it didn't uh, didn't quite work out the way I wanted to last year. Right. Um, okay. All that said, this season we talked about the D changes. We talked about make sure you get healthy goaltending up front. You know, Teddy Bluger for in some way, shape or form is basically, you know, last year it was Curtis Lazar. They plugged him in this year. They plug in Teddy Bluger. They add Pius Suter. Um, Ilya Mikheyev is hurt again. Uh, so ultimately has it changed really that much? There's no Bo no Bo Horvat. 
obviously. Anthony Bavillier is a new face since, you know, last season, part part of the way. Are mm-hmm. they better or are they the same? Well, I think time will tell. I mean, uh, I think um, they all want to be better. They all want to be positive. I mean, I know that group of forwards and and uh, the, the, none of them like losing. I mean, they're uh, a, a pretty you know, a good group as far as sticking together and everything else. But um, time will tell. I mean, I think the biggest thing last year is um, when they traded Jason Dickinson um, at the last, before the last uh, preseason game, we didn't have um, a third line center. Now, I I thought initially we would have. We have Horvat, we have Pedersen, and we had um, uh, JT, uh, but when JT was uh, asked to be moved to the wing, so then we only had two centersmen, and they were young guys. Niels Nalzalman was as a, a young guy, and um, uh, and he wasn't expected to make it out of camp, but his work ethic proved uh, proved that he deserved to be there. And um, whoever else, you know, Curtis Lazar was brought in as a center, but he was a better right winger, so we moved him to right wing. Um, so I think the depth at center was a little bit um, at the beginning wasn't as good as maybe we would have liked to. But, uh, you know, uh, I think there's not a lot of difference in the forwards. I think Brock Besser was hurt at the beginning of the year. And I, I don't think he ever got on track to be the player that I think he can he can be. Like, I mean, this year, a year being removed from his, you know, his uh, father's uh, uh, passing and and uh, the health, uh, I think he will be much better. I think Kuzmenko started off fairly slow, but once he got going, he was really good. And, I mean, he scored in the first game, but, I mean, as far as knowing the league, he knows the league now, I think. I mean, he, he should be he should be dynamic from the start, I think, this year. Uh, Petey, well, he's in a contract year, uh, I, and I think he's one of the best players in the league. I mean, I... I watched him so closely and, and his intelligence and anticipation and everything else that goes with it um, from the willingness to want to be the best to uh, thinking he's the best, which is a great combination is, is second to none. So I believe like, I think their next preseason game is against Edmonton. He'll want to play against Connor McDavid every shift. So I, I think he's starting off in a position where he can't wait to play. Whereas the year before, I think he started off with a sore wrist and and it took him a long time to get going. But once he got going, he was great. He also started out by missing training camp with Quinn Hughes because they're both represented by Pat Brisson. And uh, Uh Travis Green started, he had those two missing. Uh, They showed up in time to start the season. And of course, when you just brought up the contract, it's Brisson again. So, you know, do you get the impression that Pedersen as good as he is and as much as he loves playing and as much as he has confidence, is he taking a wait and see attitude to maybe move on to somewhere else? Do you have any feelings uh, there? I don't have any feelings there. I just think uh, um, he's a very confident young man and um, he won't, I, I have no idea on the, he wants on the to thing, win. but he, he wants to win, but we all want to win. I mean, and you're never going to see a player ever in any sport say, well, I just want my money. I don't care if the team wins or not. We're all going to say we want to win. 
And that's the most important thing. But I mean, I think, I believe he wants to win, um, but I believe he wants what he thinks he's worth too. Yeah. Uh, the semi-ironic thing about that earlier discussion about centers, and you brought up Neil Zaman, is we're right from the horse's mouth. They're looking for another young center because, you know, you have Pedersen and you have JT Miller. It's a pretty pretty good little duo there. But I know One, two is really good. And, I mean, they, they got Ratty in the trade, mm-hmm. um, who was a first-round pick that, matter of fact, when the Islanders came in and played us, when I was still there last year, he scored a goal, one of his few goals that he scored all year. And so I think they're expecting him to take a leap, but they don't know. Uh, Bluger can play center. Um, P.S. Uh, who did they get? P.S. Suter. Yeah. I mean, he played pretty regular the last two years at center. So, I mean, I think maybe they've already upgraded in that position to start the season. Right. Uh, what's your overall feeling on Connor Garland? Feisty little water bug winger comes to play every night like i mean sometimes um you know they uh i wish you know he was never on the the first power play unit and i think he was on the, the first power play unit in arizona and that's he got a lot of points there but a competitive little guy a great uh, like a really likable young man and um uh i think that he's got it a really high hockey IQ. And uh, I think he wishes he was a, just one step quicker and his shot was one a little bit harder. But I mean, I think he's a, uh, a perennial 15 to 23 goal scorer in this league, especially if he's going to be used in the top six as, as a top six forward uh, with Vancouver. Funny thing is, he's already a little guy and he uses that shaved off cut stick. Like he uses it's really short. And I've never been a fan, not whether it's whether it's him or whoever else eh, that I've seen with those small sticks. I remember um and you know, Vancouver people will remember the name Daryl Sittler. Uh when I first uh joined Toronto, he came up to me and he said, You know what, if you want to be a, a really good player, you gotta use a longer stick. And it it makes you stick handle from further away and using your speed and you can make moves. You don't have to get right in tight to make moves. So, I mean, from that moment on, I mean, I didn't all of a sudden add two inches to my stick, but over the course of that year, uh, I, I did add uh, length to my stick and I, and it became easier a, uh, to shoot the puck and to stick handle. Yeah. He likes it because he's in close. He can almost like turn with it against his body in corners and stuff. But you do see him struggle with shots sometimes. And one-timers are often impossible because you just can't get leverage. Yeah, I mean, you can't have everything perfect the way you want it. But, I mean, he's really superior below the circle at uh, or below the goal line at twisting and turning, and he's hard to get. So, I mean, if that helps him there and it takes a little bit off his shot, you got to give and take on some part of your game all the time. And that's uh, probably where he's, you know, uh, I don't, I can't think for him, but he's probably relied more on, on that's his game of twisting and turning and getting loose behind the, behind the goal line rather than uh, being in the slot, taking shots, uh, which sometimes he, he gets a hold of it and it goes really good, but it's just not as good as you would like to see on a normal basis. Um, I want to get into the Pacific Division where the Canucks maybe stack up there a little bit this coming season, but just a couple more here specifically on the Canucks. 
Um, Jack Rathbone has, has been this guy that's been hanging around lots of expectations since, I'd say, pretty heavy expectations since probably 2021. Fourth rounder back in 2017. He's been seeing time in the preseason already this time. I mean, what is it? What 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 is it? And is the clock ticking? Is time running out on this kid out of Harvard? Well, before I got there, um, like, I mean, the year before he had, you know, he, he had a great year in Abbotsford. I mean, I think he was over a point a game. And um, everybody thought that, you know, he was going to be a shoe-in. And uh, the, the, the problem is he got, I think, two concussions that year. And uh, I, think it, I think it put his development back. I mean, the beginning of last year, I mean, I think they wanted to make a commitment to him because, I mean, and he started out and gave him the opportunities and, and opportunities. Then I started sitting him out a little bit. And then uh, I just remember before the Montreal game that uh, before he got uh, there was about four or five games in a row. I said, I'm playing him every game. Let's see what he's got. And uh, uh, he was just struggling. I think a lot of it was uh, confidence. I mean, when you're used to scoring and you're used to making offensive plays and all of a sudden it's not happening, it really takes away from the rest of your game. I mean, because that's what you're known for as an offensive player. And hopefully this year, or when he went back to Abbotsford, he regained that confidence because he is a, he's got a great shot. He can read on the power play. Uh, he can make a really good outlet pass. Um, whether his defending is good enough or not, that's going to be the question that, that everybody wants to see in preseason. It wouldn't, wouldn't surprise me at all if he sees four or five games out of the six the Canucks are playing. Right. And of course, we're talking about Jack Rathbone, a left defenseman who, for a while, they they thought they would slot in behind Quinn Hughes somewhere. Oliver Ekman Larson kind of threw a little, you know, mess into that. Of course, being a veteran in that on that left side, so it was like, do we really need a Jack Rathbone on the big league club, considering the talent skill sets of those two guys? So, timing. Well, Ian, Ian Cole can play the right side. And has played a lot of that in his past. I mean, he's a left shot. Carson Soucy has played the right side, even though when I had him in Minnesota, I thought he was much better on the left side. And uh, um, so, I mean, hopefully, I mean, they do what they want now, but I I think he's a better left-sided uh, defenseman than a right-sided defenseman. By the way, could be Quinn Hughes' partner on the right. And Takit has brought up the fact that they might share a little time with, with, Hugh, with Huggy on with two different guys, maybe on the right side, because no one's going to match his minutes, or maybe they don't want somebody to match his minutes. But Susie, you said you, I, he brought up to me during preseason informal skates that he played the right side in Minnesota, just like you said. But mm. is, is it worth, I guess you're worth rolling the dice. Well, when we got him, um, uh, he started in the playoffs, and he played every game in the playoffs. I think it was his first five. It was his rookie season, but it was his first five games, and he played left side and right side because we had three, three D out in Minnesota in that first playoff round. Um, the next year, uh, I thought I played him mostly on the left side, and I thought he was he was a better offensive player than people give him credit for. And I've always asked him to be a little bit more aggressive offensively. Not, I mean, he's a six foot five guy that's big and strong, and will. And will hit, will center ice, open ice hit. He will fight when he has to, 
but he's aggressive by going down the boards and keeping pucks in. Uh, I thought it was a great get because I really liked him. I thought his growth was really good. I was really surprised that Minnesota let him go after a year. So uh, I think he should be a really good get. Ian Cole, they've been – the. it's funny. Uh, I don't know him at all, but teams have been writing him off for the last three years. He just goes out and plays and gets re-signed and does a great job for any team he goes to. So those two guys, I think, are really going to help the team. I think that that makes them an awful lot better defensively on the left side. And um, if you look at it, other than Quinn Hughes and other than Tyler Myers, they don't have anybody back from the eight defensemen that they had the previous started the previous year. Yeah. By the way, Jack Rathbone's uh, into the final year of his contract, 850 grand, and he has arbitration rights at the end of uh, this coming season. Any advice for uh, Rick Tockett in general in the market? I mean, he was here <laughs> since you left, but any advice for him as he starts this season, just in general? He's been coaching long enough. He doesn't need any advice from me. Um, and I just wish him well. I mean, it's a it's a tough but fair market. If he does good, he's going to be – He's going to be a hero, and uh, hopefully, you know, uh, hopefully it starts out good for the Canucks, and they got a, a tough little schedule. I think they start off back-to-back -back, uh, against Edmonton, but I remember last year it was a tough first five games, But and Jim always said he hated uh, Jim Rutherford, didn't like five games on the road to start, and so they changed it. The first game is at home, and then I think the next five – are on the road, but uh, I'm not 100% sure. I haven't followed their um, their uh, schedule that much as of yet. Right. Uh, we only have about uh, four and a half minutes left, uh, Gabby, here in honor of uh, Joey Koser and uh, Barry Melrose, 26 minutes. Um, just we'll talk again before they drop the puck at the start of the season because we're still we're basically two weeks away from opening night. Um, is the are the Calgary Flames going to bounce back now that Huberto maybe is settled in there, and and maybe things Daryl Sutter's out, new coach in? What do you think in general? Well, you know what in in general they got a really good team. If Markstrom plays the way he did two years ago, they're going to be a playoff team. They were one of the best teams in the league, uh, I really believe. Uh, so I mean, if Huberto, who will guarantee have a better year. Um, for whatever reason, maybe it's just the fact that he started off uh, his first 10 years in um, Florida and, and it was an adjustment. And that happens a lot of the time, in, you know, to well, I think Kadri will have a better year. And it has, I don't know if it has much to do with the coach, whatever you didn't like about the coach. He, he was won the Jack Adams the year before, yeah. so he must have done something right. But yeah. I think I've always thought they had a really good team. And I think this year they'll bounce back and have a really good year and there won't be any excuses for them. I think there's going to be kind of a bubble situation going on. I don't know if Calgary, I think Calgary is going to be better than that. I, I expect to bounce back from them. I think Seattle is going to be in that little group with Vancouver, They're going to be duking it out for that spot. It's yeah. Ian Cole with Vancouver, Brian Dumoulin's going to try to bounce. He had a 25 point year last season, but bounce back maybe defensively after playing 82 games. Um, he's in Seattle. So you got the two teammates that were cup winners in Pittsburgh in that division. And then of course you have Susie jumping up, up across the border. That's and I don't think, I don't think Seattle's going to catch anybody by surprise this year. 
Yeah. And that's another thing. I mean, I mean, I look at Vegas, they didn't start playing until the all-star break. I mean, they were in the mix to, of, of who's going to make the playoffs and who wasn't going to make the playoffs until the all-star break. And then they took off like crazy. So I think they're there. I think Edmonton, everybody is sort of giving them the, yeah, you're the best. And yeah. I mean, they'll have to go out and prove it right from the start, but we will, we will see about uh, whether Edmonton can do it, but they certainly have the talent. I mean, I think their forward list is as good as anybody. And uh, so I think, I think the Pacific division is really tough this year. I think uh, every team is going to be uh, every team, every game is going to be a battle and it'll be interesting to see who comes out on top. And naturally we come full circle from where we started to where we finish. And that would be Edmonton is Stuart Skinner. I mean, he was a Maddie Beneers ends up winning the Calder kind of going away, but you know, Stuart Skinner is a Calder finalist and it's going to come. Let's face it. End of the day. It's between the pipes again. And it's that's end it. of the day. And, and it's been proven when you've got the best players in the world and you're looking at Connor McDavid and Dreisaitl, if you look at Pittsburgh since they've won the cup in 16, 17, I mean, every year it seems like it's okay. If Tristan Jerry's good, Pittsburgh wins. I can go down the road with the Leafs. Everybody said, you know, the same thing about, the, about their goaltending being, that's the question mark. But I mean, if you have great goaltending, you have a chance to win. The Canucks have great goaltending when he's on and when he's healthy and they have a, a really good goaltending coach. So I really believe that if Thatcher Demko can play and you know what, the other thing too, is I think um, with Casey DeSmith, they got a, they got a bona fide NHL goalie as a backup. If in case anything happens, take nothing away from Colin Delia or Spencer Martin, but I mean, they were young guys put into a tough task last year. And uh, I think, the Vancouver goaltending is much better to start the year than it was, um, say after game twelve of last year. So I mean, it'll be it'll be really interesting to see see what happens. I expect them to be a tough out every night. Yeah. All right, the buzzer sounds. Twenty six minutes. Simmer and Gabby. By the way, who's the real quick? Who's the hottest? Maybe not the best goal you ever had because you're obviously Washington, Anaheim, etc. Who's the hottest goalie you ever had? Like at any any moment, like just a run. Well, you know what? It's crazy you ask. And we're, neither one were NHL goalies, but both of them, Travis Scott in the East Coast League was the MVP. We won yeah. the cup. Freddie Kasivi was uh, uh, the MVP. <laughs> we won the cup. And the two the two times we were in the finals and we didn't win the cup, we faced Patrick Waugh and um, Carey Price. So goes to show you how how I think about goaltending. <laughs> that would be the Kelly Cup and the Calder Cup. Yes. Calder mm -hmm. was Hershey. Where was the Kelly? In uh I was in Mississippi in the East Coast Hockey League. But the Sea and then the Sea Wolves. And then the other two, Carey Price played for Hamilton. They won it. And uh um Patrick Waugh's rookie year uh was in Sherbrooke. So and they won it. Mm. Gabby, great stuff. Looking That's good talking to you. Good talking to you, Gabby. Simmer and Gabby will talk to you next time. Thank you very much. Have a great day. Enjoy the hockey action. Mm -hmm.